We welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. Genesis chapter 19 is is where we'll be tonight, Um, but I'm going to read you one verse, and I'm going to ask you to memorize that verse tonight, and uh, don't worry, it's a short verse. As a matter of fact, I think it's the fifth shortest verse in the Bible. We like those verses, right? We're going to memorize that verse tonight in Luke chapter 17 and verse 32, Jesus himself says, remember Lot's wife. That's the verse. Remember Lot's wife. And we'll talk a little bit about why he said that and what that means in our uh, Wednesday night uh, discipleship groups. Our high school and our middle school has been uh, separate, and, and David has been teaching to the middle school. I've been teaching to the high school, and we've been talking about in the high school Um, learning to lead, lessons from legends, learning to lead, looking at Bible characters and how they led, and trying to reciprocate some of the things that they did in leading and becoming spiritual leaders ourselves. Um, With that, there are some, some people in God's Word that did not lead well. There are those in Scripture that we can use as an example of what not to do, and that's what we're going to see here tonight uh, very quickly, and I just want to take a few minutes and share a couple of thoughts with you. Of course, uh, my emphasis is usually toward the teenagers, um, but I really want to help the parents tonight as much as possible, and then I also want to help everyone that's here tonight, and I know that God has something for each of us. So let's pray, and then we'll jump in there in Genesis chapter 19. Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to be in church tonight, and thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to sing, to fellowship, to give. But Lord, thank you for the opportunity that we have as we open your word and as we walk through it. Thank you for the message this morning and how it helped me. God, I pray that you would help us tonight. Lord, speak to our hearts. I pray that you would guide us. I pray that you would continue to guide our pastor, continue to guide our church. Thank you for loving us. In your name we pray. Amen. If you're there in Genesis chapter 19, we'll begin reading in verse 15 in just a moment. But in Luke chapter 17, the the context there, why did Jesus say, remember Lot's wife? The Bible says that the Pharisees demanded from Jesus when the kingdom of God should come. And they were wondering, maybe it's not the mic, maybe it's me. They were wondering, when will the kingdom of God come? When will it come? And Jesus, of course, tells them that no one knows and that uh, when the kingdom of God does come, that you have to leave everything behind. He says, you won't have time to turn back and gather your things. You won't have time to go gather all the things inside your house because it'll be quick. It'll be in the twinkling of an eye. And the things of this world will be left behind. And then he says, remember Lot's wife? Remember Lot's wife, how she looked back at Sodom as it was being destroyed? Why did she look back? Because she loved Sodom. Lot's wife looked back because she wanted to remember all the things from Sodom. She looked back because she was not ready to leave. 
she loved Sodom. So in Genesis chapter 19, let's get some context here. Look at verse number 15. The Bible says, And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, or they urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that he said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain, escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, O oh, not so, my Lord, behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy which thou hast show, showed unto me in saving my life, and I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me, and I die. Behold, now this city is near to flee unto, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city, for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, Escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou be come thither. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Lot was a believer. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that Lot was a righteous man. Lot journeyed with Abraham. Lot was there when Abraham was call, called out of Ur of the Chaldees. Lot was there when, when, uh, when Abraham followed God. He was there with Abraham when his father died. He was there when God shared his covenant with Abraham, Lot saw all these things taking place. Lot made some good decisions in his life. Lot was on the right path for a little while. And then he made one wrong decision. He made one wrong decision, and it cost him. You see, we're not reading this story of a man who had never heard of God before. We're not reading this story of a man that had no one to help him or influence him. We're not reading the story of a man that had not seen God work or heard God speak. We're not reading a story of a man who wouldn't be in church tonight hearing God's word being preached if he were here. We're reading of a righteous man. And this is one of those stories in Scripture very early in the Bible that you read it and you have to just read it again to make sure it says what you thought it said about Lot. Can you imagine a righteous man, a man who had such a great start and had great potential doing the things that Lot was doing? And why was he doing them? You see, in chapter number 18, we read uh, about a story with Abraham 
and God and two angels come to Abraham, and there's uh, two contrasts in how Abraham lived in his house and how Lot lived in his house, and the difference was that Abraham was a friend of God and Lot was a friend of the world. The same men, they came to Abraham's house in chapter number 18. Their actions were very similar. But who was there and what was allowed were two different things. Two homes that are represented in chapter 18 and chapter 19. But what's interesting is that in chapter 19, God sends the angels to Lot, but God himself does not go. God was there with Abraham, and Abraham welcomed him in. Lot welcomed him in. Abraham prepared some food. Lot prepared some food. The difference was is God was present in one, but he wasn't there in the other. Was God not there because it was in Sodom? Was God not there because he knew the things that were taking place there and he would not be comfortable in Lot's home? My question is, is, is God comfortable in our homes? Is God welcome in our homes? Are there things going on in our own lives, teenagers, where God is not welcome? And we see the two contrasts in these two different homes. The Lord was present, but only two angels were present. In chapter 19, they were comfortable in Abraham's house, but not in Lot. So what was the difference? Number one, and again, I'm just going to give these to you very quickly. Will not be long. Number one, we see their decision. Go back to chapter 13. Go back to chapter 13, and we'll read about this very, very, very important decision. You see, Lot made some good decisions. Lot did some good things. Lot was following Abraham, and then all of a sudden, we get to chapter 13, and look at verse number 10. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose, underline that, underline that, then Lot chose what did he chose what did he choose he chose him all the plain of jordan and lot journeyed east and they separated themselves the one from the other abraham dwelled in the land of canaan and lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward sodom sodom was a very wicked city sodom uh there there were not many righteous in sodom we see that in chapter number 18 Sodom was a, a city that was given to wickedness and immorality. And we don't have to go into all the details, but there was a lot of really bad things going on in Sodom. Open things, not kept secret, but things going on in the street. And Lot made his choice. The decision to move to Sodom was Lot's choice. He put his family in a position to fail. John Butler said, the determiner of one's decisions and choices is a real revealer of what one is spiritually. He missed some opportunities. He's there with Abraham. He knows who Abraham is. He knows that Abraham walks with God. And Abraham says, separate yourself. We don't have enough room for all of us, so you go one way and I'll go the other. Don't you think Lot should have consulted with Abraham? Don't you think... He should have at least asked him, well, which way would you go? Or Abraham, what do you think is best for me and my family? 
It amazes me. I remember growing up in a pastor's home. It amazes me at the decisions that people would make without consulting their pastor or without consulting some uh, spiritual authority in their life. Teenagers, don't make life-altering decisions without consulting your pastor. It makes sense. We see Lot here and we say, well, Lot, you should have just talked to Abraham. He could have helped you. But then we here today, we make these big life-altering decisions. And we don't want help from our pastor. Not consulting with Abraham. Lot was with Abraham when he left Ur and he saw God work. He was with Abraham through the difficult times. Now, Abraham wasn't perfect. And we don't have time to go back and read all the decisions that Abraham made. They weren't all perfect. But he was a friend of God. And Lot knew it. So we see their decision. Number two, we see their desire. This is what was different. Their desire. So Lot pointed his family towards Sodom, and he saw the well-watered plains, and he, he saw it, that it all looked good. And he said, well, we'll just face towards Sodom. And then all of a sudden, if you go to chapter 14, verse number 12, and this is another story that we're, we don't have time to read or get all the way into, but we see something in the middle of this story that tells us a lot. And they, they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. So now Lot is not just in the plains facing Sodom. Now he's dwelling in Sodom. Now he's living amongst the wickedness and the immorality. You see, we can't play with sin before too long we'll be living in the sin. When we face sin, when we're looking at sin, when we're facing it, when we point our family towards it, eventually you'll be in it. And that's where we find Lot and his family. Their true desire was revealed from how long they stayed in Sodom. So maybe he had just planned to go through. Maybe he just planned to just to visit a little while and go on through, but we see here now he's dwelling, dwelling there. Lot first chose Sodom because of the well-watered plains, but stayed in Sodom because they enjoyed the lifestyle. So now Lot has his family living in Sodom, living amongst the wickedness. Can you imagine? Can you imagine living amongst so great wickedness? Sure you can. Sure you can imagine it. It's all around us. It's all around us. Now, it may not be in the streets necessarily like we see that it was in Lot, on Lot Street, but it's all around us. It comes in our homes. We go out and find it. Wickedness is all around us, and Lot has his family dwelling there in Sodom. Number three, so we see their decision. Their decision, Lot made his own choice. Lot made his own decisions. We see their desire. They lingered there. They dwelt there. Then we see their desensitizing. Go to, go to chapter 19. Chapter 19, look in verse number 4. But they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night, talking about the two angels that came to visit? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him. And said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters. 
which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing, for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And of course, we'll use some discretion here, but you can, you can imagine Lot giving over his two daughters to these men. And we think we would never go that far. I, I couldn't imagine just, just handing over my two daughters to these men. But Lot was living in this world, and he was desensitized to what was going on around him. To Lot, it just made sense. He was trying to be hospitable to the men that were in his home, and he sacrificed his own children. He was willing to give up his own children. This is one of those stories in, in Scripture that you read through and you just, you can't imagine. You can't imagine, but you never know what you'll go through. You'll never know the lengths that you'll go when you start living in this wickedness. The Bible tells us in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 6-8, through And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them, and seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. That word vexed means tormented. His righteous soul from day to day. You ever, you ever felt like that? Day after day, there's wickedness all around us. There's worldliness all around us. We see it, we hear it, but Lot chose to live in it. And Lot was willing to sacrifice his family to live in Sodom. Being in Sodom had a great effect on Lot. Lot's offer shows how low even a Christian can go in moral thinking when he lives a worldly life. You can't live a worldly life and expect to be righteous. You can't live in Sodom and expect to walk with God. And Lot had his family there. When you spend time with the world, you become worldly. It's common sense, right? Pastor read this verse this morning, Galatians 6, 8, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. You feed on the flesh, you'll be fleshly. You'll be worldly. You feed on the Spirit, you'll be spiritual. You'll be righteous. What are you filling your life with? Fathers, mothers, what are you allowing in your home? Which direction are you pointing your children toward? Lot had his there in Sodom. Number four, their disobedience. Their disobedience. So even when the angels came to Lot and said, destruction is coming, God's going to destroy this city. Look what he did. Verse number one, chapter 19. And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gates. By the way, he's now working for Sodom. He's not just passing through. He's not just looking at it. He's not just living there. Now he's working there. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward 
the ground. Go to verse number 16. We just read this. He said, the angel said, Arise, take thy wife, thy two daughters, get out of the city, lest you're destroyed, lest you're consumed with it. In verse 16, and while he lingered, while he lingered, what is he waiting on? And by the way, he's already spent an extra night in Sodom. The night that the two angels came, he should have left right away. I mean, if we hear something like that, we think, oh, we're out, I'm getting my family, and we're going. But he stayed an extra night. He tried to talk to his son-in-laws, and they just mocked him. You see the leader that he was. And so now, the next morning, these angels say, Arise, take your wife, get your daughters, get out of Sodom. And he lingered. He, he was disobedient. You see, in chapter 18, back to Abraham's story, in verse 22, Abraham stayed with God. The Bible says that Abraham stayed with God. And now we get to chapter 19, and Lot was trying to get away from him. God was literally trying to guide his family out of Sodom. He was trying to get him away from the wickedness. He was trying to keep them from being destroyed, consumed by the fire. And Lot was dragging his feet. Lot would have rather stayed, stayed there in Sodom, in his home. Why? Why was Lot there? Because he was so comfortable living amongst the wickedness. Abraham enjoyed God's company, but their discomfort in Lot's home, there was discomfort in Lot's home when, he, when the men came. God was trying to get Lot's family out, and Lot just wanted to stay a little longer. And then the last point, we see their deliverance. All of that, all of that wickedness, all of that immorality going on in Sodom, the things that Lot did, and by the way, the things that Lot would do in the future, God knew that he would do. But look what he says in verse number, uh, verse number 16 of chapter 19. The Bible says, towards the end of that verse, the Lord being merciful unto him. The Lord being merciful unto him. Praise the Lord that his mercy is more. Praise the Lord for not giving me what I deserve. There was simple instruction, and now he would be delivered. Look at verse number 17. Here's the instru instruction. He says, escape for thy life. Here's your chance, Lot. Get your family, get your wife, get your daughters, and get out of Sodom. Escape for your life. There's wickedness all around you. You don't even know how far you've come spiritually. Escape for thy life. And he says, look not behind thee. Don't look back. Escape and don't look behind you. There's nothing there for you. There's nothing here for you anymore. Look forward. Look ahead. Follow God. Look not behind thee. Neither stay thou in all the plain. That's what Lot wanted to do. Lot wanted to stay close by. Even through all of this, even through the angels, e e even through everything that's going on, Lot still was trying to make his own decisions. Even through all of this, you would think, oh, well, now he's going to trust God. But we can be stubborn, can't we? Even through all of this, he says, well, I'm just going to stay close by. He says, Neither stay thou in the plain. You know why? Because the plain was destroyed too. Everything around Sodom and Gomorrah, 
It was all destroyed. What did he say? Escape to the mountain. Escape to the mountain. Why? That's where God was. Many Christians go back because they don't leave far enough. And a lot of times we can be seen, teenagers, going back into Sodom. We think we've found some answers. We think we've gotten some things, gotten some victory over some things. And then we just come back. Why do we come back? Because we didn't go far enough. We went just far enough to appease someone or something. We didn't go far enough. Lot says, well, I'll just go to this city over here. No, you won't. You're going to go to the mountain. Escape for thy life. Parents, let me encourage you tonight. Get your children. Dads, fathers, husbands, get your wives and escape for your life. Get out of Sodom. Maybe you're not all the way in Sodom. Maybe you're just looking at Sodom. Maybe you're just passing through. Escape for your life. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Lot was willing to sacrifice his daughters. It's not worth it. Escape for your life. Remember, remember Lot's wife. I want to give you, I want to give parents tonight just very quickly five practical things just to help you, hopefully. And these are some things that I have written down in, in, a, in a journal and some things that I've thought through over the last couple of years and just some things that I, I hope will help you. Number one, seek godly counsel. This is for all parents. Seek godly counsel. This is for all Christians. Your pastor is a gift to the church. Seek godly counsel. Number two, know what your kids are doing, not just where they are. Life 360 is a great tool. But just because you know where they are doesn't mean you know what they're doing. And listen, I know I don't have teenagers as children. All right? I know I don't. But this is coming from, uh, you know, sometimes you can be in the middle of everything and it's hard to see. It's like a basketball coach, right? For the head coach, it's hard to see everything going on. So you have an assistant coach or someone else that helps you. That's what I want to be. All right? I I just want to help you. Number three, set boundaries and be intentional in communicating them. Set boundaries and be intentional in communicating them. Number four, don't be afraid to say no. It might save their life. Along with that, I have, they don't need another friend. They need a parent. Don't be afraid to say no. It might save their life. They don't need another friend. They need a parent. And then number five, and there I have a lot more, but I'm just going to give you five. When making decisions, look heavenward first. When making decisions, look heavenward first. Parents, don't give up in the fight. Don't give up in the fight. We get weary and well-doing, don't we? Don't give up. Your child needs you. In preparing for this, I, I just started naturally thinking about my parents and the decisions that they had to make. Parenting is not easy. Parenting is not an easy thing. And I got to thinking about the decisions that they had to make, the very difficult decisions. The decisions to not let me do something, 
that they knew I wanted to do, but they were looking out for my best interest. The difficult thing about being a parent is you want to give your child the world, but you know the world's going to destroy them, right? And so there are some things that, that we have to say no to, but don't give up. Your child needs your prayers. They need your prayers. Not long ago, I was thinking of some things about our youth group and thinking about some things that I need to do better and, and we can all you know, do some things better. And then I just thought, the best thing I can do for this youth group is pray for them. The best thing you can do for your child is pray for them. Every single day and don't stop. Don't give up. They need you. They need you. They don't all end up in Sodom. The devil doesn't have them all. God is merciful. God is powerful. And God is still at work. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.